I was obsessed with this mystery of the photograph, and everything I write is based on a personal obsession, an examination of myself, my ambivalence, my intentions, my beliefs, and my contradictions in how I carry them out. When I write a story, those questions about myself are always there, as are any newly found revelations in my life, including, especially, my family's past. What happened to my grandmother that shaped her attitudes, her beliefs about herself, her habits? What beliefs and obsessions were passed down through two generations and now are part of me, my obsessions, my attitudes, my beliefs? Those possible answers are part of the story you are about to hear. It is a psychological tale that takes place in Shanghai, 1912. A retired courtesan, Magic Gord, at the ripe old age of 32, instructs a spoiled young girl of 14, Violet, who is about to begin her career as a virgin courtesan. What does she tell her charge so she can be successful? How does she make sure Violet will learn the lessons well? With everything I write, I do research, and to an excessive degree. Inspired by this family mystery, I went overboard. Naturally, I talked to my family in China. According to their account, our grandmother was an old-fashioned, traditional woman who stayed at home and was a woman of few words. I showed them the exciting evidence that suggested she was none of those things. In other words, the family history was a myth, a eulogistic model of the classic good woman. She was real, I told them about the research I had uncovered about the clothing our grandmother wore in the photographs. They were horrified that I would even think that our beloved grandmother would ever do such a thing. She came from a well-to-do family, they pointed out, married a scholar, and later became a chaste widow. In 1925, she was raped by a rich man and forced to live on an island as his concubine, his fourth wife. She gave birth to a son, then killed herself. That was the evidence, they said. She would have killed herself before she ever lowered herself to becoming a prostitute. She was old-fashioned, they believed, and even photographic evidence could not change their perception of her. I was chastised, yet I did not give up the belief that her grandmother was a more vibrant woman with a mind of her own. I remembered my mother telling me that her mother had threatened to kill herself at least twice when she was younger because her parents would not allow her to marry. She said that her mother complained often of boredom on the island and struck a deal with the husband to give her a house in Shanghai if she gave birth to a son. An elderly cousin told me tales from her side of the family. My grandmother had a hot temper, strong opinions, and if anyone disagreed, she became angry and they became scared. When she gave birth to a son and her husband reneged on the deal to buy her house in Shanghai, she killed herself on the eve of Chinese New Year, when all debts must be settled. Through numerous emails, I consulted with three scholars whose research focus is turn-of-the-century courtesan culture in Shanghai. I also bought academic books, and two semi-autobiographical novels, each about a young man's frequent visits to many courtesan houses. There was much to do with the shrewd business tactics of courtesans and their ability to extract money out of the suitors,
I delved in the roles of madams, attendants, courtesans, maids, and other servants. How did each earn her money? I learned how first-class courtesan houses differed from second-class houses, how it was worlds apart from the lower levels of prostitution, the hell of streetwalkers and slave girls. What was the typical age for a virgin courtesan's defloration? When were they washed up? What were their options after that? As the docent of the museum had indicated, courtesans introduced much in the way of Western fashion, from clothing to furniture to cuisine and entertainment. I included it all, the hurricane lamps, spittoons, and billiard tables, who were the men who inhabited these luxurious houses that were sometimes described as palaces. The rich, the powerful.